0: sure myself, amen, hallelujah, sister Leslie, that was, that was just a perfect song, just a perfect song, if you have your Bibles or your devices or your glasses, <laughs> the hardest thing for me one time was to change from a Bible Bible, which I still have my old Bible, my ABI Bible, oh It's all marked up to an electronic device, and um, I don't know, I needed some help the first time because everything went blank up here, and I had to call for backup. (laughs) If you have your uh, devices, you know, technology is great. But sometimes it just can't get past sitting in a chair with the old Bible reading a page at a time. All us old timers, the good thing about the devices is that they have so many different variations that you can go anywhere with the Word of God. You can listen to it. So there's really no excuse as to why. You can have it pumped into your brain when you're at work or however you go down the road. All different kinds of situations. But today we want to just read a few scriptures and you can be seated. Psalms 34, verses 1 through 9, and I'll be quick. And then verses 15 through 22. We can sit down after the ninth verse. I will bless the Lord at all times. How many want to do that? His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Here's why we come to church. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Weren't we just doing that and singing? Making the Lord bigger in your life is always the best thing for you. I've found out that when you're feeling bad and when things aren't seem to be going as you think they should go, when you begin to magnify the Lord, it doesn't matter what happens. Somehow with his presence and his touch in your life, he makes everything okay, doesn't he? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name by ourselves together. We want to do that together, don't we? I sought the Lord and he heard me. Amen to that. And he delivered me from all of my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him. And he saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. Praise God. I don't know how this is going to fit out, but it might be an Ajax message that shakes out white, turns blue, scrubs your sink. You don't know, remember that commercial. Lord bless you, you may be seated. Verses 15 through 22 of that chapter of the 34th Psalm, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. How many believe that? His ears are open unto their cry. You can say amen if you've done that before. You've cried out to the Lord and the enemy of your soul says he's not listening. And yet you know from your past experiences that God hears everything, doesn't he? He knows exactly where you're at. He knows what's going on. He knows what the boss is thinking about and what's going on in your life and what's coming your way. So I'm glad that I can talk to the Lord. Nobody else can give you that feeling. Nobody else can give you that satisfaction and that uh, accomplishment feeling that when you talk to the Lord that something's going to be done. Verse 16, the face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all of their troubles. Here's what I want to get to. Verse 18, the Lord is nigh, let's say nigh. The Lord's nigh unto them that are of a broken heart. Ah, oh, Raj, my heart's not broke. I'm pretty good shape. Well, then that's fine, but you can get to the end of this message where if you're either hurting or you're helping. You're either one of those two positions. And if you're not hurting today, then we need to help each other today because that's what God's given us the family of God for. That's why he put you into this church. That's why God set you into the place where you're at. If you're fine and you're not hurting, then you need to start helping. There's a ministry of helps the Bible talks about. And God didn't do that just as a mistake or just as a benefit on the end. There's times where some other people just need to speak a word and God can use them to get to you or get to whatever's hurting you and help you out. The gift of ministry. The Lord is nigh to them that are a broken heart and save such as it is of the contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. How many know that the Lord is near? We want to speak just a little bit about the comforter. Um, The comforter. I looked that up a few weeks ago when I was working on this message. And (laughs) on the Internet, you can end up at Bed Bath & Beyond down the blanket aisle when you type in the comforter. He's more than that, isn't he? And, And I just felt in the spirit that today, of all the things that goes on, and it just doesn't matter today, or that 's gone recently in our past, uh, even if you 've had some of uh, your stocks not doing very well uh, sometimes we just need to crawl up in the lap of God and he just needs to put his arms around us. How many know where that special place is? yeah, that special place in the spirit, in the presence of God that i uh, I tell you that i 've learned in my life that You can develop something in your own personal prayer life at home in your prayer closet, which is fine. But there's something about gathering together with God's people. There's something about coming into a church and worshiping all together, as we read in the Psalms, that I can easily crawl up into the lap of God. I can easily, when I need a comfort When I need a special word from God. And he's going to give somebody in this room a word today. I don't know what it is. I don't know how it is. But I know he's the God of all comfort. Paul tells us in Corinthians. He's the God that comforts all of us all. And that when we go through we can help comfort one another. That's why I want to talk about the comforter a little bit. Because we all need the comfort of God. Sometimes people wait too late. They think that they don't need a handout from God. They think that they they can make it all their own and that they're a macho man and that they don't need to shed a tear. They don't need to have that feeling. They don't need to show some out in, in, the, in the, uh, the public arena or at an altar. That's not how I got the Holy Ghost. That's not how I learned that God is for me and that God picks me up even better. It's a man that sheds a tear at an altar. It takes a real man to come down front and say, Lord, I need you. I can't make this on my own. It's not the macho man that says, huh. I don't need anything. I don't need any help. I got my bank account. I got my credit card. My credit's good. Things are going good at the business. That's not what man's all about. It takes a real man, and it makes something special out of you when you admit the fact that you can't do anything in your life without God, that when God's hand is also in you, when he picks you up and pats you and says, It's going to be all right, Rog. You can call and you can cry. You can scream. And you can shout I've got to have a place where God is I've got to know where that place is In him I've got to know where my comfort comes from Ah, Pity the people In the world that doesn't have a place Like that That all they have is them And themselves and their favorite car or their favorite place. They may go down to the beach and watch the waves crash on the shore. Or they may have some kind of other therapy that they might perform that helps them through their mental status or their, their, uh, their difficulties of life. But I'm here to tell you there is nothing better than pouring your heart out at an altar. Huh. That's how I got the Holy Ghost. That's when I got the Holy Ghost, when I stopped playing, when I just stopped playing. That's when God filled me. So he knows. He surely knows. The Lord has always had a desire to be near his creation. Amen? Adam and Eve in the garden, the Bible says that. He walked with Adam in the garden, and after their fall, God knew he would have to come himself and redeem his creation. I'm glad that I know that revelation. I'm glad that I understand that truth, that there's only one God. His name is Jesus Christ, and he's come, and he robed himself in flesh. I, I, I can't swallow the idea that God sent somebody else to feel the pain for him so he can understand what I go through. I believe that the Lord, as a human being, stubbed his toe. I believe he was had a stomach ache. I believe that he was hurt somehow. I believe that he might have been wrestling with his other neighborhood kids and twisted his ankle. He knows what it's like to suffer. He knows what it's like to hurt. That's why when I close my eyes in prayer and I come to him for some comfort and I crawl up into his spiritual lap, he knows exactly what I'm feeling and he knows exactly what to do about it. And I can trust in whatever he says and whatever he does. (laughs) Isaiah 7, 14, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Aren't you glad you've got God with you? Aren't you glad he just doesn't live here on plantation? He just doesn't come here and, and just you've got to come to this place to feel God. You can feel him anywhere you want. You can feel him and he's as close as song says as the mention of his name. All I've got to do is close my eyes, raise my hands and open up to him and say, Lord, I need you right now. I need you in my situation right now. And he can come in and I can feel his comfort flow over my body. Mm. God is with us. I, I love history i really do um i i'm not crazy so much that i go beside myself but um, it, it does something to you to know that you're looking at at smithsonian institution or some kind of uh the actual spirit of st louis that hangs from the ceiling or um General Sherman's horse that they have stuffed sitting in there, Or George Washington's tent from Yorktown, and you think, man, he actually stayed in there. Or the, the tray that they used to sign the surrender, that's the actual thing. They, they actually picked that pin up and used that thing. And when and we get beside ourselves sometimes and you think that other human beings did that, famous people, celebrities. And oh, they'll put them on eBay and they'll, they'll try to get all the money that they can for this item that somebody famous had, whether it's Elvis's car or uh, what did I see the other day, Nellie Bell, the Jeep from Roy Rogers. Some of you don't know who that is. Nellie Bell. Oh, Nellie. Trying to sell that thing, the replica. Isn't that crazy? They'll do anything. So now I'm going to insert an Israel commercial. Is that okay? All those that are planning to go to trip or Israel here in November, end of November, whenever it's going to be. There's something different when you have the things of God involved from the Bible standpoint. Something else grabs you from deep down in your soul when you look at the city of Jerusalem from the tour bus. It's awesome. There's no words to describe because you know in the past of all that you've studied and looked into of everything that's about that city. And I remember one of the incidents when our tour guide took us through the Lions Gate into the uh, uh, Muslim quarter of the city of Jerusalem. When you go there now, you have to go down a few stories, some feet down from the surface of the ground to get to where their surface was 2,000 years ago. So our tour guide, I don't remember exactly where, we went through the Lion's Gate, we went to the Pool of Bethesda, we sang in a, in, a, in a cathedral there, the Catholic Church has a lot of cathedrals going on, and this was a Catholic Church that we went into, but we had to go down into the basement. And when you know you go down into some basement somewhere, you're getting down onto the level. And we had such an awesome presence and move of God into this thing because they had a few of the, st- of the, the cobblestones of the street. And it's, it's in that section. They don't know exactly where. They don't know exactly what. But it could be that Jesus actually walked on that stone. And it's not that we worship that stone. It's just what happened there. So when God is with us, We don't really have to go all the way to Israel, to Jerusalem, to that church, down into the basement to to worship on top of a stone. But it's the idea of what we catch when we understand that God is here. When we understand that God's here for you. Just for you, he's here. Just for us today, he's coming to this place. That we should set everything aside and do all that's within us to reach to him if you need comfort. If you need something today, it's time to reach to Him. If you need some fix in your life, if you're need, if you discouraged or somehow things aren't working out in your mind or, or just troubles on every hand, He's here to comfort your soul today. He just doesn't give you a pat on the back. He picks you up and it goes all the way down into my broken heart. And He'll fix it and He'll put it all together and give you a pat. And he'll make you feel a whole lot better. Why? Because you've been in the presence of God. Matthew 5, verses 1 through 4. And seeing the multitudes, he went up to a mountain. When he was sat, his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn. For they shall be comforted. Mourn is from this Greek word pantheo, which means to grieve or to lament or to wail, like somebody that has a broken heart. How many ever mourned for something or someone? Have you even mourned for yourself? Now we don't want to turn the mourn into moan. Moaning is a whole lot easier. Moaning is having your own pity party for yourself when you moan. But there's something that happens to a real child of God that has a heart for the lost when they hear about news reports where a seven-year-old was killed and they put him in a storage and encased him in concrete for years. What's wrong with this society? Evil's in this place. Somehow, somehow the the, the the devil's out and he knows he has a short time and it's just going crazy. I didn't hear, we never heard of this stuff when we were in Bible school. We never heard of this stuff. Now it's all over the place. And something grasps, doesn't it? It grasps your soul. A seven-year-old should have never gone through that torture. And the man got 72 years in prison. <sighs> this is where we mourn for the things of the world. This is where we mourn for the loss. This is where we travail in the Spirit of God. This is where when, when He says, Blessed art thou that mourn, because you'll be comforted. It, it, it's a comfort that when God picks you up, it's a comfort when he soothes your soul. It's a comfort when he reassures you again. It's a comfort where he brings cheer and relief to your affliction and to the consolation and and he gives you a a, a big hug when God comforts us. Blessed are they that mourn, they'll be comforted. The Greek word for comfort is parakalo, which means to call to come near, to invite. Because when you mourn for something, God's going to come closer to you. Why? Because he set it up that way. When you mourn for your soul, when you mourn for the loss of the world, when you mourn for revival, when you mourn for healing, when you mourn for things, when you pour your heart out for things, God's going to come near to you to pick it up. And it doesn't work unless you do that. It doesn't work unless you, you, you have to speak. You have to pray. This is important because if you don't pray, you're not involved. God's not going to comfort you if you keep your mouth shut. You're going to get more comfort the more you open up to him, the more you cry to him, the more you sing of his praises, and the more you get involved I need comforted, don't you? To call, to invite, to comfort, to consult, to strengthen, to encourage. Even if you need encouragement, it's time to call out and to cry out to him. Children learn this early in life. When somebody gets hurt, when their feelings are hurt, when they're physically hurt, what do they do? Run to mama. That's what I did. Now, Mama needs the comfort. So if you have a moment, sometime, keep praying for Marilyn Locke in Lakeland. She's not doing good. But uh, <clears throat> I guess maybe that's why I picked this, this, this title, this message. So we all need comforting. And sometimes, when you get comforts from God and other people, it's you, you. don't have to say anything; just being there. How many's ever experienced that? Lord, I don't need you to say anything. I just need you to feel your presence and just kind of, yeah, are you with me still? You thinking I'm crazy? No, I feel like that quite often, sometimes and. Sometimes you just don't do anything but just sit there and, and hold God or have God hold you. But children learn this easy. I remember when I was doing this, this uh, pastor here of ours was cutting teeth when he was six months or so old. You, there's nothing. No, there's no drug. There's no pill. There's, there's no nothing. There's just comfort. And he, he wouldn't be quiet in mama's arms, but it was dad that stayed up all night in the rocking chair. It's, I haven't sent you the bill for that. <laughs> That's part of being a parent. God doesn't get tired. God doesn't have to go to work the next day. But, oh, it's something special. And you know what? He wants you in his lap. He wants to hold you in his arms. He wants to rock you and soothe your hurting soul. He wants to comfort you because he's the God of all comfort. Where else can you go to have that happen to you? There's no person. There's no no human being. There's nothing else. There's no uh, uh, kind of uh, a show. There's nothing on the Internet that can help you. It's not there. But when you get into the presence of God, It all, it wraps everything else up. And you may not have the words for it. You cannot describe it, but it's a joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's just something to rest into the presence of God. How many are with me today? So why don't we just go to God when we're looking for comforting for our soul? First John 1 and 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. That's another point that reasons of the things that we should mourn for. Sometimes sins get in the way, and that's what our problem is. That's what we're mourning about, which is a good thing because we confess our sins to God so that he can cleanse us and he can set us right and things can go on. Because if there's unconfessed sin, if there's unforgiveness anywhere in that relationship, it doesn't feel like it's supposed to feel. It doesn't work that way. We stop it out. We don't let the Spirit go down and fill into our heart and, 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 and soothe our soul and soothe our being. Why? Because there's things that are called a conscience, that sometimes throughout the years, if you don't get it covered up, Paul talks about having your conscience sear with a hot iron. So there's scar tissue there, so you'll never feel it again. I don't want to get to that point with God. I want people to preach to me to show me where I'm wrong. I want to pray and keep things going so that God brings it to my attention that, Rod, you, you, you still got this going on and this happened years ago and you still need forgiveness for that. That's when I can smooth everything out and get that comfort that I need. And then we get mad at God that God don't feel anything. Well, the thing is, unconfessed sin will keep us from getting that comfort that we need. We grieve and cry or mourn because there's something wrong on the inside. God's grace and mercy is the only relief that we suffice it. It's actually healthy for us to mourn to God. He set it up that way, so it's God's therapy. For his people. How many are understanding that? It's therapy that he set it up that way. For his people to do what? Humble themselves and pray. Do you know those that pray a lot or are more healthier? All the pressure, all the stress, especially nowadays, the more I pray, the more I pour my heart out to God, the better things seem to go. And the more at ease you are, and the more your blood pressure goes down, and you don't, you're not sick at your stomach, you're, 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 you're not nauseated all the time. Why? Because you know you're right with God, because things are happening, because uh, uh, you, you have a relief valve. you got to have a relief valve. you got to have some place to put all of this stress and all of this trouble. Uh, I don't understand <clears throat> people that don't have that relief. Another thing that gets me And I know there's a time and there's a place and there's a purpose and there's a reason for these silent prayers. Let's just bow our heads in a moment of silence. You with me here? That just doesn't work. It's okay, but that's just the beginning. I've got to be saying something to him. I've got to be pouring something out. I've got to be confessing something somewhere. I've got to be telling him all about it. I've got to be shedding some tears. Can't do that when I keep my mouth shut. Just doesn't work that way. I don't think God set it up that way to just let's have silent prayer. (coughs) That's God's therapy. So let me ask you this. How many's ever had to have physical therapy for something? Have you ever just done a little bit and stopped? Damn, yeah, I'm done with that. I'm the only I'm the only one. There we go. There we go. Yeah, I'm done with that. <clears throat> I did that when we lived in Georgia when I injured my knee. The doctor said, Well, we don't need, I don't think we need to do any surgery. You just keep doing your therapy stuff and we'll, it'll be fine. So I did that for about a week and I told Kay, ah, I'm done with that. I had to put my red cape on, you know, on my boots and yeah, Superman shirt sure soon took a dive. <clears throat> I was helping him move an air conditioning unit and I sat on my hand. And I had to twist my knee to get my hand out, and I messed my knee up again. It wouldn't have happened if I still did the therapy. So when we have spiritual therapy type of a thing and when God sets it up for us to, pour, to mourn, for us to pour our hearts out on an altar, for us to open up the windows of heaven and, and start praying and keep praying and keep that spiritual prayer going, that's the therapy for our soul so we can get comforted. He set that up that way. So we don't want to just do a week or two weeks and say, oh, I'm done with this. I've got to keep doing this therapy every day. Let's go to Psalms 32, verses 1 through 3. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. How many's ever roared all day? I'm still the only one. Come on. Let me read it in the New uh, International Version. Verse 3. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groanings all day long. This is why we need to talk. This is why we need to not keep silent when it comes to prayer and talking to the Lord. I don't want to keep a silent prayer and bow my head with with a moment of silence. I can't do that. I've got to open up myself up. I've got to talk about it. I've got to keep him informed of everything. Even though he knows what's all going on, it's therapy for me. Why? Because I get more comfort when I speak to him about it instead of just. The New Century Version says this. I think it's even better. When I kept things to myself, I felt weak deep inside me, and I moaned all day long. Try that. How many's done that before? I don't really need to pray about that. I'll just, and guys are even better. We're professionals at that. Nah, it'll go away. Nah, it'll go away. Before you know it, it's huge. Then you're screaming, and you should have really been just crying out to God. When I have feelings of hopelessness, it's time to cry out. It's time to mourn. It's time to ask God for help. Mark 10, 48 through 49 talks about blind Bartimaeus, and he cried the louder when they wanted him to hush up on the side. And I believe that Jesus knew he was there to start with. I just do. Uh, Verse 48, many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Have you ever used that in prayer? Oh, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 49, Jesus stood still and he commanded him to be called, sounds like, that Greek word for comfort. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good, what? Comfort, rise, because he calls thee. You want to be comforted by God, you need to call to him. So God gives us comfort. He comes close to us and he calls us close. And I believe that he feels along with us what's going on. Don't tell me that God doesn't know how to cry. Because I'll quote you the smallest chapter in, or verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. He knows what feelings is all about, doesn't he? He made us. We're made in his image. So he's given us a church family. Have you ever heard the message or the statement of um, When you share a joy, it's doubled with the people, with your friends. But when you share a grief, it's halved because they help you grieve about it. That's another good thing of why the church is here for us, to help us through our grieving. Grieving does give us hope. Amen. That's one thing that uh, is a benefit for when we grieve, when we mourn. We've got a hope that God's going to make everything right. Amen. Amen. We've got to hope that one day it's all going to be good. Revelations 21 and 4 tells us this, And God shall wipe away all of your tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And most importantly, our our mourning, as we said before, helps us minister to other people. You go through things specifically so that you can help other people. That's therapy in itself. And it's a love that goes forth. If you do not love, you will not mourn. If you don't love your your fellow... Uh, 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 church member if you don't love your brothers and your sisters and you don't love the way that that God set it up to love you will not mourn over their loss you will not mourn when you hear reports of seven year olds being abused you will not mourn there's something about the people of God there's something about the righteous living of God that it just vexes our heart doesn't it just wounds us bad that we've got to go scream to God about it and say Lord please help us do something about this that's when he'll come in and help us even more because we just can't do it by ourselves. I need His comfort, don't you? Stand with me. This is the last that we're going to talk about. Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. Thank you so much for your attention. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, And the opening of the prison to them that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes. How many has been there and done that? Haven't you come to God with just a bunch of nothing and he's taken you and picked you up and made something beautiful out of your situation? To comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto the mourn in to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness. That the planting of the Lord that might be glorified. I want to be called a tree of righteousness. I want to have roots that go down deep into what the God's done. But more importantly, I want to be comforted. And we're here today, and if you need comfort, it's just the start of the service. We've got all kinds of time to do that. One thing I want to say before we sing and turn this over. How many know we have two dachshunds, little miniature dachshunds at the house, Max and Molly? I am going to show you the difference. And these dogs have their own characters. And sometimes we help develop the character of the dog. Max is the type of dog that when he'll, right now, you know where Max is? He's in the bay window looking through the curtains, waiting for us to drive in the driveway. He'll stay there all day long. Molly has her own little thing to do. She goes in her own little bed and stays there all day. But she'll be there when she hears the door unlock or the garage door go up. See the difference? Max is looking. Molly's kind of keeping to herself.
1: But when I get
0: home and when I go and sit every morning at 5 a.m. after I feed him and go sit in my rocking chair for devotion and prayer, where do you think Max is? A dachshund is a dog that will always be around you. They're very loyal. They're very affectionate dogs. Max has to be up in my lap. He has to be right here. Why? He wants comfort. Why? He loves that. Molly is not that way. She's, in order for me to get her in the chair, I've got to go find her. Molly. And the reason why I do that is because, you know, I want to share my love to both dogs so it doesn't get any worse. What you saying, Rods? what I'm saying is today you need to be a max. You need to jump up in the master's lap. You don't need to be called, even though hey, hey Max, come on. It's ready. He's prepared your place. He's given you an opportunity to jump up in his lap and be comforted. He doesn't want you to feel hurt and go back and sit in your bed and moan. He wants you to mourn and, and, and mourn after him and after his touch and after after his affection. When you hunger and thirst after your righteousness, you'll be filled. And when you mourn, you'll be comforted. But, Brother Locke, I don't have any hurts. Well, then you need to help people that mourn. It's okay to put a hand over there and pray for your neighbor. Or, or it's okay to pray for somebody in an altar of prayer. Why? Because when you're help, when you're not hurting, you're helping. I want to mourn for the Lord. I want to mourn because I need comfort today.